All right, fear not, but let love rule instead. I came across this this morning. I don't know if you guys know who Michael Frost is from Australia, author, speaker. He's spoken at Division Ministries events, and uh, this is a piece of art that's in the West Bank Hotel, and I believe it's a gunshot or uh, like a bullet shot or a shrapnel that's gone through, and it's it represents the whole Israel separation barrier, uh, and then it turned into a star. Like, it's quite a powerful image. I posted it on Facebook, so if you want to see that uh, up close. I just thought that was a really neat reminder that uh, we got it good here, okay? We're not uh, dealing with major crises of, of uh, literal fighting and shooting. Our friend Robinson in Pakistan, he's He's, he's got stuff going on there. Like, that's, that's a dangerous place to be. This is also not a safe place at times. You never know what's going to happen, especially at times of large groups of people coming together. Are we thankful? I hope we are. All right. I uh, forgot to bring my printed documents up to know what's coming next, but I have a hundreds of video. Thank you. So, Brian, can we have sound on? Lights out. There were 14 generations between Father Abraham and King David. 14 more generations between David and the Babylonian exile. And 14 generations later, the great king would be born. A 2,000 year lineage comprised of slaves and kings, heroes, and adulterers, prophets and prostitutes. They were the faithful and the faithless. So what kind of king would this be? While many dreamed of the day this king would come, it began as a real-life nightmare for one man. A good man. God's lot cast upon him. Joseph. Joseph. I promise you, Joseph, I am telling you the truth. I'm not saying you don't believe it. I'm just saying... I don't know if I do. So, what are you saying? Take her as your wife. Take her as your wife. But she's pregnant! I haven't been with her! The baby's not mine! Take Mary as your wife. I can't do this! I don't... I don't want to hurt her. But I... I can't. I'll divorce her. Joseph, you are a descendant of David. Your ancestors have taken great steps of faith. And now it is time for you to step out. Take Mary as your wife. 
But the baby is... What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It is prophecy fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. Messiah. <gasps> a dream, a heavenly visitation, and what was distressing became a blessing. A blessing that would challenge Joseph's faith, demand every ounce of his character, and forever alter the course of his life and yours. God with us. What kind of king would this be? While he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate. Or other translations say, don't be afraid to take Miriam into your home as your wife. Because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Savior. <laughs> For he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. Now, last week we had a pretty scary scene of Mary getting freaked out. The week before that, Zechariah, that was a pretty freaky scene too. Joseph got off easy. You know, it was just in a dream. It wasn't more of a, ah. sorry, I think of these things. It's funny. But it's real. And we have an emotion that's going on. So here's a man who deeply, deeply loves this girl. But she's pregnant. And anybody with any rational honesty will go, yeah, right. Correct? Yes. Yes, but we know more things today. No, you don't. If somebody you know, some, uh, anyway, you get the point, right? So he's got the confusion, the disbelief, the, am I being lied to? Am I being duped? Is this going to be the rest of my life being lied to? I'll divorce her because he still loved her. But can you imagine the emotions going through his head? Fear for sure. And a little later, after the wise men had gone, Joseph had another dream. So, so far in between, you know, the baby got born and the shepherds come and, you know, you know the story. If you don't, there's a problem. All right. After the wise men had gone, Joseph had another dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, get up now. It doesn't say, book it in your calendar for two weeks from now, you know, rent the U-Haul truck and, and head on down to Egypt like skoodoodaddle. He didn't do that. Angel said, now. Get up now and flee. He didn't say, you know, take a coach, 
you know, take the slow train. Get the heck out of there is what he was told to do. Flee. Flee means like, no, not the little bug. But the flee means to get out like really lickety split. Does it not? It does. Huh. It's funny what happens to the story when you read it real slow. Things come out that you weren't aware of. Take Miriam and the little child and stay there until I tell you to leave. For Herod intends to search for the child to kill him. So that very night he got up, took Jesus and his mother, made their escape to Egypt, and remained there until Herod died. All of this, this is the cool part, all of this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through his prophet, I summoned my son out of Egypt. That's how Egypt got into the prophecy. Like, there's a lot of dancing that has to go on. How can this be a messianic prophecy when he's supposed to be from Nazareth, but yet Bethlehem and what out of Egypt? Make up your mind, right? It's a real thought, but no. So something else happened. He was afraid before to take his wife. Then I'm sure he was scared the night of birth because he'd never seen anything like that. Okay, like, new for both of them. Ah! Scary. And then, what? Somebody wants to kill this little one that just came? Like, uh, the, Can you imagine the fear that can come in? The protection. Did you ever have one of your kids bullied or somebody's in trouble and you just whoa, step in? You wanna, you're there to protect. Huh. He was afraid. I think he listened because we know the rest of the story. It got better. There's other fear not lessons in the Christmas story. There's four major fear nots that we need to think about. And unfortunately, today, there's a lot of fear. Fear of the future. Fear of the relationships we may be in. Fear for our kids, for their futures, or their current spot. Fear for an outcome. Fear for a job. Fear for our finances. Fear we're going to be okay and can make it through to tomorrow. There are people afraid. Fear is the common language in our society, and it ought not to be. Jesus came to take away that fear and be the prince of peace. What does peace do to fear? Dissolves it. I got these cool little packets that I use in the kitchen with Maggie uh, in the uh, hot water kettles. You know, sometimes it gets all white inside because this place has got really, really hard water. And so I pour these little packets in. So all the bubbling happens, and we're going, "What's going on?" Oh, cool, and we dump it out, and oh my goodness, it's shiny, clean, no more white. Should try that with hair. Gonna wash that gray right out of my hair. <laughs> but it dissolves what shouldn't be there. And that's what peace does. The peace of Christ takes the fear that might be dominating our gut or our thinking, because when we don't want to think about it anymore, we suppress it to our gut. Most people do anyway. It just sits there and then compresses over top of the next fear. And then it gets shoved and compacted. And after a while, your anxieties and fears and stresses and hurts, they get compressed so hard, you can't even see the layers anymore. It's one hard mess of 
pain and questions. Where's God in this? And the Prince of Peace has come to descale all that. And he's really good at it. Doesn't do it quite as fast as we want to, nor does he do it the same way we would like him to because I always have suggestions for God to help me out. I'm praying for this, and oh, and hang on, page two, this is how I want you to do it. Anybody relate to that? Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. And nobody can make up the stuff you're walking through. You're not alone. Zoe, who's in a car crash, <laughs> she's not alone. I believe the love of the Holy Spirit is wrapping his arms around her, holding her, speaking truth into her right now. Probably in a way that we cannot understand. I don't know what's going on. And I believe the Holy Spirit is already there with family and friends with a great big box of Kleenex crying with Weeping with, not absent. I, I really believe that. Let's take a look here. We'll go back to Zechariah for a minute. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear. Okay, that's what it says. So it doesn't say, well, he was startled. Huh. An angel. Cool. Didn't do <laughs> He was freaked out. If you had an angelic being in front of you, do you remember, I've told you, I often prayed, just show me an angel, I'll be faithful for the rest of my life. Just a cold glimpse. Because I want some assurance, right? He's afraid. But the angel said, don't be afraid. We're bringing in a new language. A new paradigm from which to live. We don't live from fear anymore. We're going to learn to live in faith, the faith of Christ, which comes from the Prince of Peace who indwells us. God's heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you're to name him John. I know you guys are too old to have kids and all that, but you know, now you really require faith to have kids. Ta-da! Surprise! It says in Scripture, the whole village had the fear of God come over them. That does not mean the same fear that we see here. This fear is, oh my goodness! But the fear of God is, wow! He can't put it into words. The awe, what is God doing? What's going on? We're not used to this. That's the fear of the Lord. I love that. Next one, we have um, angel reassured her, talking to Mary. Do not yield to your fear. I love that phrasing in that translation. Do not fear is what other translations say. Or do not be afraid. Do not yield to your fear. It's okay to have moments of fear. It's not a sin to be afraid. And don't let religious people tell you otherwise. Okay? This is probably the best way to see it. Don't Yield to it. Don't live there. Don't put up a tent in the place of fear. You don't live there. It can come your way, but you don't stay there. You live from the life of Christ and entrust him as the God of outcomes. 
How much have you been able to control in your life for all the outcomes of all your situations? I think, you, I think we pretty much really are not good at it at all. And yet we still try. We still try to control. Do not fear. And that night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, I love that, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. See, it didn't say afraid. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's, it's bad enough when somebody says boo to you in the dark. Remember one time, Lori was um, going to her old church in Pusslinch, and uh, it was all locked up and dark. She went in, she first went in, unlocked it, reached in to turn the light on, and a hand touched her hand. Fear not. <laughs> it was her loving cousin freaking her out. That was afraid. She was terrified. That was scary. Yeah, because Lori came running out, and, and of course they were laughing. <laughs> anyway. These guys were terrified. They're in the middle of the night and in the field out of nowhere. Like, you look around you to make sure nobody's coming, right? You never think to look up. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I love this. For I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for Everyone, everywhere. I saw a cartoon this week from the naked pastor. It's hilarious. Angel comes and says, I bring you good news for everyone. No, wait. Uh, just for the Jews. No, wait. Just for the few of you. No, wait. To those who believe. No, maybe. Well, good luck. <laughs> because we don't catch this. The angels came to bring good news for everybody. If it's not good news for everybody, it's not good news. It's selective. Hmm. What's coming next? Oh, good. So tonight, Emmett will be, not Otter, Emmett uh, Schulweiss, will be telling a story from the uh, Linus, Charlie Brown's Christmas. I believe that's the one he's going to read, right? That's fine, good. That's great. I'm not trying to steal his thunder. But I came across this video that I'm going to show you, and I, I've seen it my whole life, so have you. But until somebody pointed this out, I went, oh, that's so cool. If you've never seen this part I'm going to show you, then you're going to go, wow. If you've seen it before, yeah, I was ahead of you. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. At the point, you know, Linus, Linus is reading, and what does he carry all the time? Blanket. Blanket. Does he ever let go of it? No. no. For the first time, he drops the blanket at a certain point, and I want you to watch where. Where does he drop the blanket? Because he's never done it before. Watch. Lights out. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Where did he drop the blanket? At which word? Fear not. Fear not. I thought it was cool. That's when we hang on to stuff is when we're afraid. When we have anxiety of what we can't control. Well, you can't control. Maybe, maybe that's half the problem. Half of our frustration comes from false expectations we set up. Expectations we put on others that they should act a certain way. Our families ought to do this all the time, a certain way. Even at Christmas, I'm certain there are families here that have crazy expectations from relatives. Well, we do this all the time. and you, you know, The pressure, the pressure, the pressure. But who's putting that on you? And are you letting them? It leads to fear. It leads to an anxiety that's unhealthy. We're not designed for that. We're designed for life and for love. So what is this all about? Are you afraid for something in your life? Are you afraid for something in the future? I know uh, Dan's dad's going in for a major test. What do they call it? A pet scan? It's different than a cat because they're tired of cats. They just kind of bat things off the table. But the pet scan <laughs> is a far more intense scan, I guess. I didn't know. I never heard of it until Ellen told me about it. But there's, I'm sure there's a sense of fear of, oh, no, what's it going to be? It's okay. Just don't live there. When it hits you, surrender. When it hits you, surrender. When it hits you, surrender. Some of you are just finished exams. <laughs> right? <laughs> fear. I need a good mark. You know? Fear. Because now it's done, and now you have a new fear. What's the mark? <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta wait two weeks. You know? <laughs> like, all these fears. Our economy, other countries, other world leaders, let alone our own, <laughs> fear. Who's in charge anyway? Well, that's why I love to talk about who Jesus really is. He's the one we can lean on. He's the one we can rely on who brings us peace. And if we can wake up and realize the light of his life shines through us. We may find internal peace. And you can't explain to anybody. Well, tell me an answer for your peace. I can't explain half that stuff. How can you explain an inner knowing? How can you put that into words? Maybe you don't need to. Maybe it's not your job to. Maybe you just pray for the other person to get it. 
came across this this week I thought was really, really cool. 1 Corinthians 13, Christmas version. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkle lights and shiny balls, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work in the soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all that I have to charity, but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend a maraud of holiday parties and sing in the choir's cantata, but do not focus on those I love most, I've missed the point. In other words, love stops the cooking to hug a child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind, through harried, though harried and tired. Love doesn't envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens and a radio station to watch their lights. Love doesn't yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful they are there to be in the way. Love doesn't give you, sorry, love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who can't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Video games will break. Pearl necklaces will be lost. Golf clubs will rust. Oh, my goodness. But the gift of love will endure. What can you count on? What's your bottom line? What is it, oops, what is the one thing that you know is super, super true deep inside? Your go-to when you have the fear. If you don't have a go-to, I'm suggesting 1 Corinthians 13, the scriptural version. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not irritable. People think that this is a a marriage um, list for couples at weddings. Here, if you're going to prove your love, you have to do these things. You screw one up, you don't really love them. Right? That's not what 1 Corinthians 13 is. 1 Corinthians 13 is a picture of God. For God is love. He doesn't just have it. The Bible says in John, I think 1 John, and 2 John, I think 3 John, God is love. The essence of this God we say we believe in. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The essence is love. If you took the DNA of God down to a, you'd see a little heart. (laughs) Joke, but... The idea is God is love. doesn't have it. But what does it look like? Oh, now that's where 1 Corinthians 13 comes in. This is what love looks like. It's kind, patient, gentle, not irritable. And I know this holiday time, it's tough not being irritable. Sorry. 
But that's not love when irritation comes out. That's not the tr our true identity. And yet we treat God that way. We think we're going to tick him off. He's now unsafe to go to because we've just lost it on someone in our family. We're just not good enough now. Nope, God's ticked now. He's shaking his finger. <laughs> Should have known better. <laughs> I'll let you wall in your pain for a few minutes. Okay, now I forgive you. No, it's not, that's not how God our Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus works. And the sooner we believe that, the sooner we're going to become more like Jesus. There aren't five steps, three steps, ten steps to becoming a better believer. It doesn't exist. Scriptures encourage us, uh, encourage us to what? Believe. Just believe. There's only one difference between believers and unbelievers. Oh, belief. That's what the scriptures tell us. So be kind. If you don't have good patience at Christmas, well, your patience probably stinks. Try God's, because it's already in you. Draw on his patience, which might mean more moments of meditation and thinking and prayer, just to calm our spirits. It's a tool Jesus gave us. He modeled it. When you pray, he said, which implies you're going to pray, right? Give us this day our daily bread, us. It's done in community. It's not done individual. It's not your personal prayer. This is Jesus sharing something for a community together. We're not independent souls trying to achieve something and attain a goal that somebody's placed on us. We are in union with Christ and we've been created and designed to be loved. It's that simple. We don't place conditions on people. So tonight, we have our Christmas service here tonight at 7. Come prepared just to receive. Sure, you might be invited to sing a couple songs, but this is a gift from those who've worked really hard preparing. It'll be special. To celebrate the one who gives us the peace, who has already given us peace. There'll be some fun smiles tonight too. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, this morning, uh, reveal in us those things that we can't see that are a hindrance to our communication with you. If we're hanging on to a fear or an anxiety that's preventing us from experiencing your grace, will you please point it out and say, that was never me, and let's, let's wipe this thing out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour my peace on that and watch it dissolve. It may not change the circumstance, but it will change how we perceive our circumstances. And again, Father, I pray for Zoe. I pray you heal, restore, however you choose to do that. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.